Thank you very much, Deb. Once again, my name is Tim Huo. I'm a field application scientist here at Kaijin Digital Insights. And today we're going to look at how to use a suite of software to investigate genomic variants. So we're going to be using the Kaijin CLC Genomics Workbench, the Kaijin Clinical Insight Interpret Translational, and Ingenuity Pathway Analysis to analyze and investigate all of your germline variants. To begin with the legal disclaimer, the Kaijin products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications, and these products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. Thank you very much for participating in our pre-meeting feedback poll. To keep this webinar interactive, we will be launching additional polls throughout the presentation. If you haven't done so, please feel free to answer some of the questions in the pre-meeting poll. It'll really help me understand the audience and their level of familiarity with the software that will be presented today. If you have any questions during the talk, please feel free to use the Q&A box. On the call today, I have Deb, Kristen, and Sean, fellow uh, scientists who are more than happy to answer any questions you may have regarding the scientific aspects of the software. We also have Nicole on the call today who will be more than happy to answer any licensing questions you may have about the software. And to keep the webinar interactive, from time to time, I will be asking for you to raise your hand. See if you can go ahead and click on the raise hand button for me right now. That would be uh, very helpful for me to see that everybody can find that button and keep this webinar interactive. This is great. Great. I see many of you can find that button. So thank you very much. And once again, after this training is over, please feel free to click on the registration link below, refill your information, and the recording will be available on demand. So let's get started. Today, we'll be going over three different softwares to help you interpret, analyze, and identify variants in your samples. The first software is going to be the CLC Genomics Workbench. And then we're going to be looking at the Clinical Insight uh, Interpret Translational to look at various different variants you may have in your samples. We will then be using ingenuity pathway analysis to look at the impacts of these variants on various different signaling pathways and various different metabolic pathways. So here at Kyogen, one of our models is from sample to insight. And as an example here, how can we use Kyogen's products to analyze variant from your samples? all the way to gaining insights into your samples. So of course, many of you and most of you are familiar with the NGS library prep sequencing or from RNA and DNA sequencing kits, those infamous red and blue boxes. But once you have major libraries, you have sequenced them, what can you do with those sequencing data? Here at Kajin Digital Insights, we provide various different tools to help you find, annotate, and identify variants of interest. So coming off of a sequencer using CLC Genomics Workbench, users can normalize, they can do quality control, map the reads, and call the different variants. After that, 
at Kanji Digital Insights, we have software for you to explore these different variants. And today, we will not be going over the Omicsoft suites and the Omicsoft curated experiments, but please feel free to join some of our future trainings describing some of these different Omicsoft applications. After we have identified the variants coming out of the CLC Genomics Workbench, we can then interpret these variants with QCN Translational, and we're also going to use Kaijin Ingenuity Pathway Analysis to look at the impacts of these variants. So to simplify the workflow here, once we have sequencing data, we produce a file known as a FASTQ file. What we can do is upload this FASTQ file into Kaijin CLC Genomics Workbench, where we can identify and detect variants. And here is a snapshot of the type of results that you may see from the analysis of your data. Once we have detected and identified our variants, what we can do is we can upload a VCF file into QCI Interpret Translational, where we can analyze these different variants to see whether any of the variants in the genes may be related to our phenotype or our disease of interest. So here, as an example, many of these genes or these variants in these genes are known to be pathogenic. Once we have identified a table or a list of variants, what we can do is we can use Kaijin Ingenuity Analysis to look at the impact of these variants. In this case, what we can see is that this particular natural killer cell pathway is affected by the variants present in our samples. So as you can see, using these suites of software, we can analyze our FASTQ files all the way to detecting our variants, analyzing and annotating these variants, and look at the biological impact of these variants. It is also important to note that you do not need to use all three software at the same time. If you have FASTQ files, feel free to use CLC Genomics Workbench to annotate your variants. If you have VCF files from perhaps your bioinformatics core or a computational biologist, feel free to start at the QCI interpret translational step. Let's say if you have a table of variants that you have collected either through experiments or through publication, literature search, feel free to upload your list of variants at the Kaijin Ingenuity Pathway Analysis step. So all of these can work separately, but these software are also integrated with one another for streamlined approach to variant analysis. So let's get started with our first software, the Kaijin CLC Genomics Workbench, where we're going to take sequencing data coming out of a sequencer, and we're going to detect the variants in our samples. What are some of the results that we may be expected to see from this type of analysis? Many customers that I've worked with for variant analysis would like to identify the variants in their samples. 
But not only that, they would like to know whether these variants are causing a change in amino acids. So in this case, what we can see is that from this particular FASTQ file, we have a genome browser view on the top half here, where we can see the variant called, as well as the amino acid change. On the table in the bottom here, we can apply various different filters to filter for our variant of interest. In this case, you can see that we're looking for homozygous within mRNA, whether it's synonymous or non-synonymous um, mutation, and a coverage cutoff. By using all of these different filters within CLC Genomics Workbench, we can identify certain variants of interest in a table format. Many customers that I've worked with are also interested in generating a read mapping track. So this allows user to see whether a particular variant in this case is supported by their reads. And in this case, all of the reads here are changed from a C to a A. We can also get quality control reports from our analysis. So here I've highlighted, pardon me, the number of reads mapped with uh, not uh, containing non not suspect, uh, sorry, the number of reads mapped to the genome. And as you can see, many of the reads, about 84% of the reads, have been mapped to the genome, giving you confidence in the library that you have prepared. For those of you who are interested in the read mapping, you can also get coverage information to see the depth of coverage you have for your different libraries and for your different exons and your regions. A lot of the customers I work with really appreciate the fact that every single analysis you do within COC Genomics Workbench produces an automatic log report. And this is great for generating an audit trail for all of your analysis. So in this case, you can see the module that I use to analyze the data, the time and the date, my name, and all of the different parameters and samples that were used to generate the analysis. This way, if you need to go back to analyze a sample, or if you need to follow somebody else's example, you have all of the information contained in the analysis file. So although today we're focused on the ultra-fast, fast-Q to VCF processing, I do want to mention that CLC Genomics Workbench can be used for additional NGS analysis. And I can see that some of you have already used CLC for additional pipelines such as RNA-seq, single-cell RNA-seq. I have customers using CLC Genomics Workbench for metagenomics and isolate typing, de novo assembly, epigenomics, and a whole variety of additional applications as well. Although CLC Genomics Workbench is designed to work on your workstation or your laptop, if you have access to a HPC hardware, you can interface your CLC Genomics Workbench with your HPC hardware. This allows you to wrap external applications into the software 
as well as allow you to use command line tools to run your jobs. Customers that I've worked with also have used CLC Genomics which, with the Genomics Cloud module so that they can run all of their samples on the Amazon Web Service. And this allows users to increase the number of samples processed and decrease the turnaround time to process these different samples. So how can we leverage all of these different enterprise solutions with our ultra-fast FastQ to VCF pipeline? If we take a look at one of the benchmark studies that we have done, you can see that with the Lightspeed hereditary FastQ to VCF whole genome sequencing pipeline, we can complete an entire analysis in about 19 minutes compared to other additional pipelines, which also require various different optimized hardware. This allows users to spend even less money to analyze their variant data. So in this case, the two different samples, benchmarking samples we have, cost about 40 to 45 cents. So can you imagine analyzing your whole genome sequencing data in less than 20 minutes and only costing about 40 cents or 30x coverage WGS on Amazon Web Service? But the beauty about this Lightspeed module is that you don't need the cloud to analyze your data. So here we have additional options where we have benchmarked the two different samples on a workstation as well as a laptop. And as you can see, even with a standard laptop, you can analyze from FastQ to VCF in about 70 to 80 minutes. And this has this is just unheard of in the past. So using our light speed, ultra fast, fast Q to VCF pipeline, you can analyze your germline samples and identify and detect your variants. So here we also have benchmarking for whole exome sequencing. And as you can see, you can complete whole exome sequencing in about one to two minutes. And if you do this with the cloud, it costs you pennies to complete your analysis. So now that we've talked about the advantages of the CLC Genomics Workbench and the ultra fast, fast Q to VCF pipeline, let's go into the software to see how easy it is to run this pipeline. So the case study that I'm using today comes from this paper where they have samples from 168 Korean patients with inherited retinal degeneration. And the particular FASTQ files that I picked um, are patients suffering from retinitis um, pigmentosa, which is a rare eye disease that affects the retina and, and there's no cure. And most people eventually lose uh, most of their sight. So let's see how we can use the Lightspeed ultra-fast FASTQ to VCF file to detect and interpret these different variants. So there are four simple steps to this process. The first thing we need to do is to import the sequencing reads. We can then select and analyze the workflow. And after that, 
all of the analysis will be done in the background where the program is going to map the reads, call, and filter the variants. We can then visualize and inspect the results. And then we generate a variant profile that either we can export or we can upload into QCI translational. So I'm going to switch over to my CLC genomics workbench. And here, just like to orient you to some of the various different areas in the software. On the top here, you can see all of the various different functionalities where you may want to import your Illumina reads, export, or the graphics button here. On the top right-hand side, there are buttons for users to download references, download NCBI sequences or SRA files, or create and generate new workflows. On the left-hand side here, we have our navigation area where you can make your own folders and organize all of your different reads and your results and save them in the appropriate directory. And on the bottom here are all of our different tools and different workflows. So today, the workflow that we're going to be using is the Lightspeed workflow. And the first one that we're going to use is this FASTQ to annotated germline variants. So to launch this tool, simply double click on it. And the first thing that is the tool is going to ask you is, where are we going to run this particular workflow? So if you have a laptop or a workstation, feel free to run this on your local workbench. If you have a serve CLC server, you can leverage the HPC to run your analysis on an HPC. If you have your own Amazon web service and an EC2 instance, you can send the job to the CLC Genomics Cloud where you can analyze a whole genome sequencing sample in 20 minutes. But for today, let's go ahead and click on this workbench, click on next. And here, what we can do is we can select our reference data set. So what we can do is we can select HG38 Ensemble with all of the various different variant tracks already included, coming from dbSNP, coming from ClinVar, and all of the additional information for the variants. And if it's a something new or a reference that you haven't used in the past, feel free to click on this download to workbench. Nice and easy access to all of the reference data so that you don't have to go to various different web pages to find all of these different data sets. After we have done so, let's go ahead and click on next. And here, what we can do is we can browse for our FASTQ files. So simply choose either the file system. So if you have your FASTQ files saved locally, if you have your FASTQ files in the Amazon Web Service, this is another option for you to access your FASTQ files, or some customers may have their files in base space. So depending on where your files are, simply choose the appropriate location, click on Add Files, and this is where we can add our FASTQ files. So in this case, 
As an example, I've downloaded these SRA reads. These are paired in because we can tell from the R1 and R2 and click on open. After that has been loaded into the software, we can click on okay. And here, if you would like to restrict your calling to target regions, so if this is a whole exome sequencing, feel free to navigate to a track containing just your regions of interest. If you have multiple FASTQ files, so if you have multiple biological samples, feel free to click on this batch box right here. Clicking on next, we can save our results. We can create a log and click on next. This is where we can select where we would like to save our samples. Once we're done, we can click on finish. And if we go to the processes tab, we can keep track of the progress of our analysis. So for today, I'm going to stop this for now. But how many of you in the audience think that this is very simple and straightforward to set up your analysis from FASTQ to identify your variants? So if you could use the raised hand button, that would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. I definitely agree with all of you in the audience. You don't need a computational biology background to run these analysis. You simply select your FASTQ, use the wizard-driven guide provided in CLC Genova Workbench, and you can get your results. So now that we've talked about the results, let's see what type of results we get. But before we do so, let me just go ahead and go back to my slideshow to kind of repeat the steps that we went through to set up our analysis. So the first thing we did was select this uh, FASTQ to annotated germline variants. The first page we got was to ask us where we want to run the analysis. Remember, you can do this analysis on your laptop or your workstation, but feel free to also leverage your own AWS account to process your whole genome sequencing in 20 minutes. We can then select the reference data set. And of course, you don't have to use HG38. You can see that there is also HG19 that's available. After you select your reference data set, if, you, if this is your first time running the workflow, feel free to click on the download to um, workbench. You can browse for your FASTQ files. If it's a whole exome sequencing or targeted panel, feel free to restrict the column to target regions. Click on this batch box if you have multiple FASTQ files. Click on next, click on next, choose a location to save your files and then click on finish. So now let's see some of the results that we get from our analysis. So the first thing that we get, let me go ahead and expand on my results folder that I've just run in the past. You can see I've selected five different samples to run. The first sample we can see we get a light speed QC report. 
So this report will give us all of the information about our reads. In this case, many users are in, want to know how many reads are um, mapped to our genome, excluding non-specific mapping. So in this case, our FASTQ files, about 85% of our reads have been mapped to the genome. So this is a very good uh, QC metric here. We also have information about quality trimming, whether the read length trimming before and after. So if the library prep is poor, you may have a lot of reads being trimmed off and you may have a read length that's drastically reduced. We also look for adapter trimming, adapter length, and all of the additional mapping statistics as well. So a lot of users who are new to bioinformatics or who simply want to have a report just to make sure that their reads are mapped appropriately and the pre-processing has occurred appropriately, they can look into the information from the Lightspeed report. The second thing that's generated from the CLC Genome Script branch is this genome browser view. So if we double click on this, this is going to load both the genome browser on top as well as, let's close this, as well as a table of all the different variants that are being called by our CLC Genomics Workbench. So as you can see, this table is interactive. So there is a large insertion here in this space. And what users can do is click on the row and the genome browser is going to immediately go to that particular genomic location. So if we click on this, we can see that this variant has been identified in this particular location. Now, if you would like to filter out this variant list, feel free to add filters using this little inverted triangle. So here, what we can do is we can filter based on any of the columns in this table. So for example, users may be interested in coverage that is more than 30x. Users may also be interested in identifying only homozygous alleles, perhaps. We can add additional filters using this plus button here and filter based on zygosity. So here we can filter out for homozygous. We can also filter based off of, let me click on add, add two more. We can also filter based on the type of gene that it is coming from. So for example, the biotype of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the region we may be interested in is the messaging RNA. So we can look for mRNA. And perhaps we're just interested in non-synonymous mutations. So here we can filter on yes. So here, what we can do is from the list of 212,000 variants, we can filter that list down to variants that satisfy our criteria. 
And then we can start to navigate through some of these different variants. So for example, here you can see an amino acid change due to the variant here. Now, if you want to produce a read mapping, you would have to run this second pipeline, which is the FASTQ to annotated germline variants with coverage analysis. So this pipeline, this workflow, in addition to all of the results that I've just described thus far, also produces a read mapping. So what I'm going to do is simply click on this, drag it in to show you that read mapping information so that you can see all of the individual reads that were used to contribute to that variant call here. And if you run this second pipeline, what you also produce is a coverage report where you'll get information about the coverage of your libraries for particular regions. So users may be interested in, I'm just going to scroll down, the coverage for specific regions of the genome. So this will allow you to see what percentage of that gene is covered at from 0x all the way to 100x. Excuse me. So let's go back to the slideshow to once again remind ourselves of some of these views that can be generated from our FASTQ to annotated germline variants. So of course, the first one we can generate is our QC report with analysis. So this allows users to identify read mappings, whether that's specific and non-specific, and the percentage of the libraries that are mapped to our genome. We can also look at genome browser view and use the various different filters to filter down the number of variants that we have to ones that we care about. Remember that this table is interactive, so feel free to click on any of these rows to zoom in on the genomic location that you may be interested in to navigate and investigate these different variants. To produce a read mapping, users would use the FASTQ to annotated germline variants with coverage information, where users can then generate a read mapping file so that they can look at the evidence behind the called variants. Using the coverage analysis workflow, users will also generate coverage information report as well. So with all of these different results are generated, users can then export the table in BCF format. If users want to produce reports, they can generate the reports and export them in a PDF. And for graphics, for presentations and publications, users can click on the graphics button on the top left-hand corner. And the last thing I just want to show is that the automatic log report is always built in with the analysis. So on the bottom left-hand corner of this middle window, we can see this little report button here. And this allows users to look at all of the parameters that were used to generate the results. So this is all available for users. 
so that they can look and interpret all of these di different parameters. And once again, we can go to, let me go back to this, go to the export button here to export any of the reports or the tables. We can also export the genome browser view as a graphics. So with that, I would like to take a pause to see if there are any questions that I can answer um, live. Thank you, Tim. And since some attendees joined a little bit late, we are just going to go ahead and paste the slides in the chat box. So if you have not downloaded a slide before and want to download slides that Tim is presenting, it's in the chat box. Um, during the first poll, a lot of people voted that, you know, they're working with somatic variants, right? And you mentioned that uh, for today's presentation, you're kind of focusing on germline uh, due to light speed. So what about people who are working with somatic variants? Absolutely. So customers who are working with somatic mutations, uh, don't worry, we have you covered. The light speed module for somatic mutations will be coming out in August. So if you wait just a couple more weeks, it will be released and you'll be able to do the same type of analysis with similar speed um, um, suit. Now, for those of you who have samples already, feel free to navigate to the biomedical workflow. And this is where you can use either whole exome or whole genome. And we also have the various different um, workflows for somatic mutations. So we always, so we, are, we have these workflows for you to use and for you to analyze the somatic mutations. Within a couple of weeks, we will be releasing the somatic mutations with the light speed module. Wonderful. Um, I'm also going to take this opportunity to ask our audience some questions as we are 40 minutes into the presentation. Um, how do you feel about the speed of the presentation? And Tim is going to jump into annotation and interpretation of variant very soon. So this is where we are very curious, like have you used HGMD before? Have you used Cosmic before? Because we have people who are working with both germline and somatic variants based on the poll questions. Have you used other external database before? If so, let us know which ones uh, those are. Um, in terms of other question, like what type of aligner does the CLC use? Yes, so that's a great question. So in order to align the genome um, with such fast speed, we have our own proprietary algorithm to do so. So uh, that's why we can do it in 20 minutes. Now, I can also see in the Q&A box that somebody asked for reference data. And Kristen has uh, kindly provided a link to the benchmarking to all of the uh, metrics that we use to ensure that the quality of the mapping and the variants are called um, are satisfactory and above and beyond the standards. So feel free to use the link uh, to that page that Kristen has provided in the Q&A box to not only understand the algorithm, but to see the benchmarking as well. Uh, can CLC also call structural variants? Absolutely. So if you are interested in structural variants, I'm just going to go ahead and look for variants. We also have tools here for uh, indels and structural variants here. So you're more than certainly to use the same type of um, wizard-driven guides to help you set up your structural variant analysis. 
Wonderful. Uh, given time, we will move forward. We will take another live Q&A break soon, but please continue submitting your questions in Q&A box. Both Sean and Kristen are diligently answering them. And uh, one more thing I will quickly point out, like this is one of the few webinars where we are talking about CLC, IPA, HGMD, Cosmic, QCIT. So if you're confused about any one of them, just let us know. We have like a whole team of scientists who can clarify what is what. So with that, back to you, Tim. Thank you very much, Deb. And thank you very much, everybody in the audience for sending questions. Uh, thank you, Kristen. Dev, Sean, Nicole for monitoring the questions. I do see one more question that I, I need to address, which is uh, where would I be able to download this plugin? So if you don't see the plugin for Lightspeed, the Lightspeed plugin will be uh, available in the plugins button here on the top right-hand corner here. And this is where users can download various different plugins associated with CLC Genomics Workbench. So, as you can see, I've already downloaded the Lightspeed module, so it's within my managed plugins. But if it's not there, feel free to click on the download plugins, look for the Lightspeed module, and download that plugin. You'll have to restart the CLC software. And if you're using Windows, you'll have to have administrative rights in order to do so. So thank you very much for that question. So now that we have produced our read mapping, we have identified our variants. As you can imagine, with 212,000 variants identified, which ones are important and which ones are important to the phenotype of interest? So this is where QCI Clinical Insight Interpret Translational can help us out. We can identify the variants that are important for our disease of interest without having to sift through all of those in the table. So once again, for those of you who have BCF files already present, don't worry, you can start off with uh, QCI Interpret Translational. For those of you who produce BCF files from CLC Genomics Workbench, don't worry, there is an easy interface integration to upload your CLC Genomics Workbench samples right into QCA Interpret Translational. So the results that we'll get from the analysis is a web browser where we can interactively navigate through all of these different variants to see which ones are associated with our disease or phenotype of interest and which variants are pathogenic according to the American College of uh, uh, Medical Genetics guidelines. So from our samples, what we can expect is a list of all the different disease-causing genes. And this, is, this can be ranked based on pathogenicity, or it could be based off of our phenotype to disease ranking as well. So here we can see that for our particular retinitis pigmentosa, RPGR variant that was detected in our FASTQ files is already associated with our disease of interest. So the variant that was detected in our samples 
by our CLC, Genomics Workbench Mapping. Using QCI Interpret Translational, we can see that this gene may be the disease-causing variant for this particular patient. We can then go in to see all of the different criteria that were used to assess this, all of the different variant details that are associated. And if we click on the view bibliography, we can see the literature supporting this particular variant in the disease-causing state. So how are we doing this? How is QCI Interpret Translational doing the variant analysis for us? So when we upload our VCF, we have a list of filters where we can triage that 212,000 variants that came out of our CLC genomics workbench analysis. We can either use some of the pre-filters to rapidly triage or prioritize variants. This can also be integrated with your API. And then we are using our Kyogen knowledge base where we have gathered information from curated literature, from public and private databases. We have predictive tools, whether those amino acid change may be benign, synonymous, non-synonymous, whether it's going to be disease causing or not. And we also have the American College of Medical Genetics guidelines to help us interpret these different variants. And because of this Kyogen knowledge base, we can interpret and analyze every single variant that comes out of our variant triage and filtering so that we can classify these variants and interpret them to see whether they're pathogenic, whether they are related to our phenotypes or disease, so that we can identify relevant variants for downstream analysis. So the Kyogen knowledge base, we have more than 200 MD and PhD level curators over 20 years that scope out resources from public and private databases, from scientific literatures to look for findings, variant information, disease classes, guidelines from various different organizations. This content is refreshed and updated on a weekly basis. And we have about 5,000 new variants curated per month so that when you run your samples using QCI Interpret, you're getting the latest information and the latest research from the field. This also means that for every single variant, you do not have to go through all of the literature search to identify the variants of interest and the variants are, that are disease causing. So just like CLC Genomics Workbench, in four easy steps, you can get the list of all of the genes and variants that may be associated with your phenotype and that may be associated with your disease. So the first one is to upload a variant profile. So again, this may be a VCF coming out of your Kyogen CLC Genomics Workbench analysis. If you have patient information associated, you can add that metadata into QCI Interpret Translational. Once you submit your analysis, 
this is where QCI Interpret Translational is going to use that Kaijin knowledge base to help and identify variants that may be of interest to you. We can then, of course, just like CLC Genomics Workbench, visualize and inspect these results and then export the variant annotation profiles for our variant impact analysis downstream. So once again, let's jump into our QCI Interpret Translational to see how easy it is to do so. So once again, there are actually two ways of uploading your data into QCI Interpret Translational. The first one is through CLC Genomics Workbench. So here I provided you with a step-by-step -step tool and guidelines of how to do so. As you can see, very straightforward using that wizard-driven process to upload your VCF into QCI Interpret Translational. The second way is a direct upload into QCI Interpret Translational. And this is the steps that I will be going over in our uh, webinar today. But feel free to go ahead and, um, and go back into my slides to see how we can integrate CLC Genomics Workbench with uh, QCI Interpret Translational. So QCI Interpret Translational is a web page based uh, application. So I'm just going to pull that out. And as you can see, I've already ran some analysis here. So these analysis are ready for me to navigate and investigate. What I'm going to do is just zoom in a little bit just so that we do not have to squint too hard on the web page. So we can start by creating analysis. And this is one way of uploading the samples. But for today, to keep things a little bit simpler and easier, I'm going to click on this sample list. So here, what we can navigate and investigate is all of the different variant um, VCF files that we have uploaded. As you can see, I have a couple of them that I've played around with and analyzed in QCI Interpret Translational. On the top right-hand corner, we can see this Upload Sample button. So let's go ahead and click on the Upload Sample button. Here, what we can do is we can drag and drop or click here to upload my files. So I'm just going to go ahead and click on my files. Let me go ahead and find my folder. And if we have a germline variant VCF file, which I have here, I just click and drop. Sample name is required. But as you can see, this is pre-populated uh, based on my uh, file name. But feel free to change this name to anything that may be of um, relevance to your sample. For today, I'm just going to try live demo, retinitis, uh, pigmentosa. And for subject ID, perhaps I just want to keep the SRR name. And then we can click on Submit. As you can see, there's a status bar to help us and guide us on the status of the upload. Note that we don't have to do this one at a time. You can do this multiple, and you can submit to a maximum of 200 at a time. Once this is done, we can simply click on Done, and then we are ready to set up our analysis. 
So for today, I'm just going to go ahead and click on done. So now that we have uploaded our file, we can now create an analysis. So this is where we can click on the create analysis button to look for variants that are of interest in our samples. So as you can see, KCI interpret translation is not only for hereditary, you can also use the Kaiji knowledge base to look for somatic mutations that may be important for your cancer of interest. But of course for today, because we're looking at um, germline variant, so we're gonna click on hereditary. Feel free to use some of the Kaiji default filters in order to filter for those variants of interest. Remember, we're trying to triage these variants so that um, we can identify the variants that are the most relevant to our phenotype or to our disease of interest. But for today, I'm just going to leave that as optional because I want to show you how easy it is to add your own filters. We can add project information, analysis description, but here what we can do is now we can select our uploaded samples that we have just done so. From here, I'm going to change the reference genome to HG38. And this is where that sample that I've just um, uploaded is available for me to drag and drop. Now, if you have samples perhaps from the patients where you want to identify inherited mutations, this is where you can include control samples so that in QCI interpret translational, you can see whether a particular variant is inherited from, um, from either pair, parents or perhaps from siblings to see whether a particular variant is inherited or not. On the bottom here, we can also see the upload metadata file. So this is where users can then upload their metadata for their various different clinical attributes. And there are two file format samples here. One is a JSON file where you can see an example of all of the various different metadata that you can add into QCI interpret translational. So once again, upload metadata file is where you can upload all of that patient information, all that clinical information. So I'm going to click on continue and we can write our analysis name. And this is where we can add clinical symptoms to see whether we can look for variants that are associated with our phenotypes of interest. So for example, perhaps we want to know whether a particular variant is relevant to retinitis pigmentosa. So this allows QCI interpret translational to score against the variants that are detected against this particular disease. Perhaps we want to look for retinal degeneration. So this is also information that we can add to it to allow QCI interpret translational to really look for variants that are important to our phenotype or our disease of interest. Let's go ahead and apply those. So now we're telling QCI interpret translational 
to score against these two different symptoms. And feel free to add as many as you want so that you can get the maximum out of that Kyogen knowledge base. Hitting on submit, we're going to create that analysis. And once it's done, it will be ready for you to review. So for today, I'm just going to go ahead and click on one of the pre-FC run analysis. And this is going to load up a variant list and the variant data for this particular sample. So as you can see, this particular gene is known to play a role in retinitis pigmentosa. And this is ranked based off of the phenotype uh, to disease as score. So we can see once again that there are various filters that can be applied. So on the left-hand side here is where we can apply the various different filters. So let's go ahead and click on this. We start off with 67,329 variants. And the first filter that we applied is a confidence filter. So if we edit the filter settings, here we included a call quality. So we are only going to include variants that has more than 20 in any location. So this is the nucleotide base quality. Many users also look at this read depth. So they are only looking for nucleotide position with a read depth of more than 30, let's say. So all of these are useful for you to narrow down the variants that you would like to include for your analysis. So this allows us to filter down to about 35,000 variants for our QCI interpret translational to look for relevance. We can add additional filters. So perhaps you may want to look at uh, predicted deleterious. So are you looking for variants that are pathogenic, likely pathogenic? Are you looking for ones that are listed in a human gene mutation database, ClinVar, uh, CentOMD? Are you only looking for particular mutations and variants causing a specific uh, consequence, frame shift, missense? If you're looking at non-coding regions, perhaps you're interested in any of these different variants on the bottom here. We also have filters for biological context. So if you want to look for genes that are known to be biomarkers or perhaps a particular pathways, you can add that information in here. And again, this is possible because out of our team of scientists who have manually curated these variants so that you can look at very specific aspects of the different pathways and different genes that may be of interest. And the last one is this genetic analysis. So for our case samples, are we only looking for a particular type of um, variants? And are we only looking for genotypes that occur in maybe 100% of the samples? Or do we want to uh, relax that? So let's say for now, let's just look for phenotype that's maybe uh, occur in about 40%, so two out of five cases, and click on save, hit apply, and this is where you can see that 37 get narrowed down to about 20,000 variants.
And of course, you can change these different variants to either relax the stringency or to increase the stringency for your detection. So let's go ahead and look at the right-hand side here, where we can rank based on various different um, sortings. So for example, on the right-hand side here, perhaps we're only looking for variants that are sex-linked or perhaps homozygous. So all of these are interactive where you can click on any of them to see what variants are in the various different lists. So you can see this ZFPM1, homozygous across five different patients, but it has an uncertain significance for hereditary dis uh, disorder. So if you're in a discovery settings, perhaps this may be an interesting gene for you to study to see whether it does play a role in hereditary disorder or not. So another useful sorting method is the pathogenicity, where if we sort by patho uh, pathogenicity, we can see what are some of the genes that are pathogenic. And this is where we find this MERTK likely to be pathogenic for our disease of interest. And using the proband, we can see that two out of the five samples that we have uploaded and analyzed have this particular uh, variant. You can also gain information about all of the classification and the computations that were used for this particular um, call. We can also click on this gene to see all of the assessments of the variant details. So what is this particular variant, this single uh, nucleotide variant? At the sample level detail, which samples have this variant? What's the call quality and the read depth for this particular variant? Is there an effect on the protein? All of these information are included in the uh, variant details page. We can also get the publications associated with the variants, where now you can look at the particular publications supporting our findings here. So in this case, this MERTK gene mutation is in a Japanese patient for retinitis pigmentosa. And this is why the paper that we use to support our findings. So with that, let's jump back into I, uh, my slideshow. So feel free to navigate through my slideshow to see how we can upload our VCF file either directly from QCI Interpret Translational or an integration through CLC Genomics Workbench. But once that we have done so, we can use the filter settings to add filters to really narrow down to the variants of interest. On the right-hand side here, we can help guide our visualization, whether that is to very filter based on homozygous, perhaps we just wanna look for particular variants. We can also sort based on a particular uh, method. So the default is this phenotype to disease ranking, or sorry, the phenotype driven ranking. So looking at the disease to phenotype and the genes to phenotype overlap. We can also sort for 
pathogenicity to rank them based on whether a particular variant is pathogenic or not. We can navigate and look for variant details by clicking on our gene of interest, where then we can look at information about the variant's effect on a gene, on a protein, and access the publications behind that. So with that, I think this will be a good time to take a second live Q&A break to see whether there are any questions regarding CLC genome absorption or QCI interpret translational. Thank you, Tim. And as always, we'll also take this opportunity to collect some feedback. Uh, you have seen CLC and QCIIT so far. You know, how valuable did you find them? And also, when it comes to CLC, uh, say you're trying to, or, or even non-CLC, you're trying to call variants. You know, what would be your preferred method, like local computer, cloud, server, et cetera? Now, in terms of uh, questions, Tim, one thing that oftentimes we get asked is what if uh, someone wants to generate a report out of their analysis for clinical reporting? Is that also possible? Absolutely. So for our clinical customers, we have QCI Interpret 1 as well as QCI Interpret, which will produce reports for clinical samples. And these reports will also include clinical trials, drug information, um, additional information that are not available within translational. So if you are in a clinical setting, feel free to contact one of your uh, Kyogen reps, and they'll be more than happy to direct you to the QCI-1 and the QCI uh, interpret as well. All right. And this is where, uh, you know, uh, based on how Kristen replied, we want to make sure that we attend, uh, we answer attendees' question correctly. So to attendee, ask this question if i'm saying it wrong just correct us in the chat box okay so say if someone were to be interested in associating things to pathologies uh like say variants to pathologies what are their options so if you're looking for variants to pathology um there are ways in the qci um sorry if i get the question so you're only wanting to know whether a particular uh, variants are important for pathology. Mm -hmm. Did I that? Okay. Yep. So in the analysis part, what you can do is you can list those uh, pathologies. Um, and then what happens is QCI interpret translational will try to score all of your variants based on that list of pathologies or phenotypes. So uh, remember when I was creating the analysis, I was listing particular uh, pathologies associated with retina. So retina retinitis and uh, disease of the retina. So that is how QCI interpret translational can focus on variants that may be of interest to you. All right. Well, there are more questions coming in and to our attendees, please continue submitting questions in uh, Q&A box. Um, but I know, Tim, you have to go through engineering pathway analysis. So I'm going to pass it back to you. And to our attendees, we have scientists answering your questions, and we'll take even more questions live at the end of the presentation. Thank you very much again, Dev. And thank you, Kristen, Dev, Nicole, Sean, for answering questions in the Q&A box. And thank you to the attendees for participating, for answering the poll questions, and for typing out the questions in the Q&A box. Uh, we really, really appreciate your, uh, your participation today. 
So the last part to our presentation is ingenuity pathway analysis. So in CLC Genomics Workbench, we mapped our FASTQ files to our genomes and we detected our variants. We produced a VCF file, but that list is quite extensive, right? Which ones are important for our disease and phenotype of interest? Then we use QCI Interpret Translational to identify variants that may be associated with our gene, with our disease, or with our phenotype of interest. But as you can see, there are many genes that may be pathogenic, right? There are many genes that may be associated with our phenotype of interest. So on a macroscopic level, how are all of these different variants affecting these multiple genes impacting various different biological pathways? And this is where Kyogen ingenuity pathway analysis comes into play. So what users can do with a list of variants is to look at whether a particular canonical pathway is enriched in their variant list. But beyond just looking at enrichment, what we can also do is look at whether a particular pathway is activated or whether a particular pathway is predicted to be inhibited. So in this case, with the retinitis pigmentosa samples, we can see that natural killer cell signaling pathway is not only enriching our data set, but it's also predicted to be activated. And this is quite interesting because a pro-inflammatory microenvironment in the eye may be the cause or may lead to damage to the retina resulting in vision loss. So perhaps natural killer cells may play a role in this particular uh, pathology. And the variance in the patient may result in this pathophysiological activation of natural killer cells. We can open up this canonical pathway to see what are the variants in this pathway. So MAP2K3 variant leads to a gain of function resulting in an increase downstream leading to an increasing interferon gamma, a pro-inflammatory uh, cytokine. So perhaps this particular variant could be causing an increasing in inflammatory cytokine leading to the development of retinitis pigmentosa. So the same chiogen knowledge base that is used to power QCI interpret translational is also the basis for IPA, where our team of scientists have many curated manuscripts, clinical trials, omics data from both public and commercial sources. These findings are updated on a weekly basis, and we also have major quarterly updates for some public data sets as well. This Kaiju knowledge base allows users such as yourselves to identify causality predictions between two different nodes. So this cannot be done by natural language processing. So let's see how we can upload our variant and interpretation into IPA for analysis. So once again, there is a seamless integration between QCI interpret translational to IPA. So for users who want to upload their variant list, from QCI Interpret Translational into IPA, 
feel free to click on this export button from the variant list uh, view using the drop-down menu and export to IPA. For users who have a list of variants, perhaps from a lit search or perhaps from a bioinformatics core, feel free to use the create new button and the core analysis. So if you have a list of variants, the list of IDs is required at the bare minimum for IPA analysis. We suggest and recommend that you include at least one type of classification, whether it's a variant ACMG classification. And here, a negative two is benign, negative one is likely benign, zero uncertain, one likely, two pathogenic. You may also use variant loss slash gain to look for predicted activation inhibition. So for example, Negative two would be a loss of function for a particular gene. Positive two would be a gain of function for a particular gene. So as you can see for variant data, IPA can take either one of these different classifications. So I'm going to jump into IPA now, and I can see that IPA has closed on me, but that's okay. Let's go ahead and relaunch IPA. And we're going to upload a variant list that I've exported from QCI Interpret Translational. So once again, I have list of genes in my first column, variant ACMG classification, as well as the variant loss slash gain. When we first access IPA, we're going to come up with a quick start page. And I know this on the pre-meeting poll that many of you, some of you have already played around the IPA. So if you haven't, IPA can be used to analyze other omics data set as well. So feel free to navigate through some of these different tabs to learn about how to analyze RNA-seq, microRNA, phosphoproteomics, Today, we're going to look at genetic gain loss data, but IPA also analyzes metabolomics data as well. I'm going to close this, and I'm going to go to this Create New button on the top left-hand corner and start a new core analysis. So for those of you who are familiar with RNA-seq or proteomics, this is the exact same method. Clicking on the Upload button, Let's go ahead and find that variant list. Click on open. And here we can tell IPA what type of column each one is. So the first one is going to be ID. And as you can see, IPA has already determined that this column consists of gene symbols. We can then click on the second one as observation one, because this comes from one patient and observation one as well. So IPA has predetermined that the second column is variant ACMG classification. But if you have a different filter and APA fails to recognize the type of filter, feel free to use the drop-down menu to select the appropriate column type. And of course, the third one is variant loss gain. Click on save. 
IP is going to warn us that there is no metadata associated with the samples. So metadata is any information you would like to include to this particular data set. And you can include that data set in the tab noted here. Since this is optional and for today, let's go ahead and click on OK. And I'm just going to rename this as live demo. Click on save. This allows us to set up a core analysis. So once again, what we're trying to do is determine the impact of these different variants on this list of genes that we think may be important for our disease of interest. On the top here, you can see that IPA has predetermined that this is a variant effects analysis. And there are two ways that we can do the analysis. The first way is to use the loss gain of the variants to look at the impact that our variants have on a particular pathway. So if you use the lost gain variant, you will be able to determine predicted activation and inhibition up and downstream because we are able to predict what should happen downstream if a protein is lost or if a gene is gained, has a gain of function. If you use ACMG classification, you can also gain information about pathways and whether particular pathways are enriched or not. And by using ACMG classification, you can see whether a particular protein in your network may be benign or maybe pathogenic. So for today, let's go ahead and look at variant loss gain. Click on next. Here, you can use different filters to see whether you want to only look for things that may be gained, things that may be lost, things that may be uh, benign versus pathogenic. But for today, let's go ahead and include all of the different variant um, genes that we have from QCI Interpret Translational. So by clicking on Run Analysis, this is going to send the analysis into the IPA server. And for today, for the sake of time, let me just show you a gain loss variant analysis from QCI Interpret Translational. So the first page we get is information about top canonical pathways, potential upstream regulators that may be regulating our data set, and top diseases and functions that may be related to our variant list. If you're interested in learning additional information about IPA analysis, we have a new user training coming up on August the 3rd, where not only are we going to learn about individual core analysis results, we can also build a network to connect particular functions to a particular disease. So in this case, what I've done is looked at the connection between natural killer cells with retinal degeneration and use the variants that we have identified using QCIT to see what are some of the molecules that might be connected between the two. So if you'd like to learn more about IPA, feel free to join us on August 3rd for our IPA new user training. But for now, let's jump back into IPA and focus on this pathway tab. So this pathway tab is going to show us signaling and metabolic pathways 
that are enriched in our variant data set. So I'm going to switch the bar chart from a vertical bar chart to a horizontal bar chart. And we can see that gustation pathway is enriched and also predicted to be activated. And the reason why we can see that it's predicted to be activated because of the orange shading to this bar. Now for today, I wanna to focus on this second bar, this natural killer cell signaling pathway, because inflammation plays an important role in retinal degeneration and a pro-inflammatory condition may lead to retinal uh, degeneration and uh, vision loss. So clicking on this bar, we can see that for this particular signaling pathway, many of these genes are expected to go down and we can make expectations and predictions based on our manual curation of the literature. Many of these genes are predicted to go down. And in our variant classification, we can see that, sorry, in our variant loss gain, we can see that some of these are actually matching the pattern. So this is how we can make a prediction of whether a particular gene, a particular pathway, is activated or inhibited. We can also open up this pathway and visualize this pathway to see what are some of the genes with variants that are causing either a gain of function or loss of function. So if we scroll to our MAP K23, we can see that MAP 2 K3 variant results in a gain of function. This leads to a predicted activation of P38 MAP kinase, resulting in an increasing interferon gamma. We can also see upstream some additional variants that may play a role in this signaling cascade. So for example, many of these uh, NCR1 receptor, a variant gain of function for this particular receptor may play a role in the, um, in the downstream signaling. And on this pathway here, we can see that there are additional variants. For example, this particular uh, KRR um, receptor leads to an activation of SHIP phosphatase, which may lead to the predicted inhibition of this particular gene leading to the downstream signaling cascade. So starting from our list of variants, now we can use IPA to look at the impact of these different variants on the signaling pathways to look for novel mechanisms and to help us interpret this list of variants that we have from QCI Interpret Translational. So with that, I just want to thank you all for coming and joining us and learning about how you can use Kyogen Digital Insight software to go from FASTQ to detect variants using CLC Genomics Workbench, produce the VCF file, use QCI Interpret Translational to look for a list of genes that may play a role in your phenotype or your disease of interest, and then upload that into Ingenuity Pathway Analysis 
to look at the impact of your variants on particular signaling pathways and metabolic pathways. So once again, thank you very much all for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you for participating to, in today's webinar. And if you have any additional questions, I will be more than happy to answer them live. Thank you, Tim. So one thing that often get asked to us, you know, how you showed, like you can uh, bring in variant data in IPA, you kind of just annotate them to the genes and then bring the gene list with gain of function, loss of function as plus two, minus two, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes the audience and uh, users ask us question, what if they don't want to do plus two, minus two? Can they just bring in like list of genes or RSID into IP and still do the analysis? Absolutely. So feel free to use a list of genes that you may have done from your lit search or from your variant analysis. You'll still be able to do the enrichment analysis to see what are particular canonical pathways that may be enriched in that list of genes. We do suggest you have some kind of change measurement. So whether that's gain loss, whether that's ACMG uh, classification, so that you can leverage that prediction ability within IPA to help you and guide you to look at particular pathways that may be of interest. So list of, list of genes is an absolute mandatory requirement. Change, or change measurement is uh, recommended to leverage uh, the IPA analytics fully. Yeah, and sometimes I have also noted like customers are quite surprised when they hear that IPA does accept RSIDs, right? So uh, if it makes things convenient for you, feel free to bring them in IPA as well. Uh, that will work as well. Um, so one thing I want to quickly point out is I know you guys have been giving us many feedbacks through polls, but oftentimes we have customers who like to uh, send written feedback. And accordingly, I have included a SurveyMonkey link. So if you like specific things about the training, if you think we should uh, change something or include something in future, please provide us feedback through the SurveyMonkey link that was just uh, added in the chat box. Can IPA also be applied to make prediction on metabolite changes, increase, decrease citrate or so? Absolutely. So I believe this pathway may have calcium. Uh, oh, no, there are other, yeah, calcium. So you can see that in the prediction here, there is a predicted inhibition or most likely decrease in calcium. You can also see additional metabolites such as inositol uh, phosphate, uh, trisphosphate, as well as uh, diacylglycerol. So not only are predictions made on genes and proteins, but they're also made on metabolites as well. Wonderful. So I don't see any more questions, but as always, we'll wait 30 more seconds or 45 more seconds to see if someone is typing something. Otherwise, thank you so much for attending the training, everyone. I know it was a big one in the sense that it had three different software, but as Tim very nicely repeatedly pointed out, you know, you have access to our support, you have access to our sales, uh, you know, in terms of sales, you can even reach out to them to see, you know, if you want to have like a custom demo, custom training and such. And there's feedback as well uh, as SurveyMonkey. So many ways to reach out to us and ask questions. So please do so. And otherwise, 
in addition to our audience, thank you, Tim, for this wonderful presentation, Kristen and Sean for answering so many different questions, and uh, Nicole for your help with licensing related questions. Uh, yeah, I guess we hope to see you guys in future trainings unless you have more questions. Thank you very much, everybody, for participating. And thank you all, Dev, Kristen, Sean, Nicole, for helping out with the Q&A box.